Hi, everybody. John here. Thanks for tuning into Lesson 7 in the VoiceOver Lessons for Beginners series. I thought I was going to cover everything about home recording setups for voice talent in one episode, but it turns out there's way more to say than I anticipated. So I'm breaking it up into a mini-series, starting with the recording environment. Okay, here we go. I like to think of five basic links in the recording chain, and the first is the recording environment, meaning the physical space you're in when you record, which could be an isolation booth, your office, a closet, a corner of a room, and so on. The key requirement of your recording environment is that it be as acoustically dead as possible, meaning it reflects as little sound as possible. This reflected sound, or what we call room tone, is generally undesirable on voiceover recordings and creates complications for sound engineers and mixers and sound designers. If you want to hear clearly what room tone is, climb under the covers of your bed with a bunch of blankets on top of you, with your phone, and record yourself under there. Then, go into your bathroom and take all the towels out and stand in there with your phone at arm's length and record yourself again. You should be able to hear a lot of sound reflecting in that bathroom recording. Now, if you were to take a look at my luxury isolation booth at home, and I'll put some pictures up on the YouTube version, you'll see that not only is there the factory foam on the walls to diffuse the sound, but I've even hung towels over that foam to deaden the sound even more, because some of the harder foam types are actually somewhat reflective, so softer materials can be better at absorbing sound. I can also tell you, as someone who occasionally listens through auditions and even hires voice talent once in a great while, that even a little bit of room tone on a recording is a big red flag for potential employers, so you really want to be on top of that. Also be aware that booths in professional recording studios are very carefully designed and built by audio professionals and are not necessarily completely dead. But that's another level of expertise that we don't need to worry about right now. If you don't want to build or buy a proper isolation booth, then a small enclosed space like a small office or a walk-in closet is a good alternative if it's isolated from household sound, meaning water pipes in the walls that produce a lot of noise, or a TV, or noisy housemates or neighbors on the other side of the walls, and so on. You'll also need to consider the exterior noise in your location. So if you're in a building with paper-thin walls on a busy boulevard that's also a bus route, you'll need to make more of an effort to isolate your recording environment from that exterior noise than if you live in a nice quiet house on a quiet street and you don't have big problems with exterior noise. You can use audio foam to treat your recording environment. It's readily available online, but it can be fairly expensive. You can also buy used foam from your local foam and fabric store to save money. But blankets, towels, and other soft materials can be used. Even the clothes in a closet will soak up sound and cut reflectivity nicely. You're probably going to have to mess around with this a little bit to get your booth tuned properly, meaning getting it sounding and recording the way you want it to. But start out with the simplest, cheapest option and move on from there if you need to. Remember, your booth doesn't need to look great to sound great. Another thing to keep in mind, what works for a podcast doesn't necessarily work for a voiceover recording. I record this podcast in my isolation booth the same way I record my VO tracks, so there's no issue with room tone. However, a lot of podcasts are recorded in home offices, 
bedrooms, kitchens, and other spaces that are not fully dead. And that works just fine for the podcast because it has a more natural feel, like you're just having a conversation with someone in a room somewhere. And the right microphone can also help minimize room tone to the point where the casual listener doesn't even notice it. So if you listen to your favorite podcast on headphones, you may very well be able to hear that room tone. And as I've already mentioned, that room tone can be a big problem for general voiceover work. There are a lot of different ways you can set up an environment. I used to work for a guy in San Diego, and he had just taken one corner of his living room and set up a couple of those decorative wooden blinds and put some foam on the inside of those blinds and a little bit of foam on the ceiling right above that corner, and I would just stand there behind those blinds and record. So there's a lot of different ways you can solve this problem, and if you poke around online, you'll see some really innovative, interesting things to do. But however you do it, the basic principles apply. You want to cut down on reflectivity as much as you can, keep things nice and quiet. Okay, in episode 8, we'll talk about the next link in the voiceover recording chain, which is you. You are the star of the next episode. In the meantime, the next assignment is to start stretching a bit. Maybe try some characters, or if you tend to be a very up-energetic, peppy person, try a really deadpan slow read, or vice versa. Whatever stretches you out of your comfort zone. And even if you can't do these other reads at a professional level, it's still going to improve the things that you can do well. Just be sure not to strain your voice unnaturally when you do this. If at any point you're feeling pain or significant discomfort, stop immediately. Just listen to your body, play it safe. Okay, that's it for now. Links in the description. Subscribe for more episodes, and thanks for listening.